Hey everybody, you're listening to The Marijuana Solution and this is your host Robert Roundtree. This episode we're speaking with Pete Sessa. He is the co-founder of the Florida Cannabis Coalition. That is the only business incubator for the cannabis industry in Florida. They've been at it longer than anybody else, holding down the fort, um, continuing the march forward since I believe 2013 or 2012. Uh, Pete, how are you doing today? I'm great, Robert. How are you doing couldn't be better, actually. Um, this is going to be a great year for the industry, uh, Florida and the country, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. 2000, 2018 is going to be an epic year. And we have so many things happening. So many things ha- happened in 2017 that are going to affect 2018. Um, in Florida, we have so much legislation going on. Um, and and not, not to mention the, the, the lawsuits. I mean, and, and nationally, you know, we never, we never know what's going to happen on the national level. Um, but it's really interesting to see the tide turning. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited for 2018. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned some lawsuits. Uh, we have those by the dozen in Florida right now. But nationally, you know, we're coming up on Valentine's Day, and that's when the Greenheart movement's going to be supporting Jose Belen, Marvin Washington, Alexis Bortel. I forget the other child's name, and then the Cannabis Cultural Association, which, as you know, is suing Jeff Sessions, the DEA, and the Department of Justice to deschedule cannabis. Uh, I guess they figured they'd start with the top. Yeah, that that is correct. So um, I think that you know that could change the game in 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 such a way that it would have a ripple effect across the industry, you know, nationally. And and right now that that also means globally, right? So I mean. When it comes to when it comes to lawsuits, that's the big guy, right? That's the big one in the room, right? And then you have all the um, you know lawsuits on the on the different state levels and the ones locally here that we're you know more concerned with than Florida concerning the uh, the, the licensing uh, for cannabis businesses here. Yeah, absolutely. We actually have, I believe, maybe this week we should hear about the John Morgan case and the Redner one, right? The twenty third and twenty sixth, maybe. Yeah, we should be hearing about those this week. I mean, they, sometimes they, they push this stuff around a little too much, but um, those are two really important cases. One of them could allow uh, smokable forms of cannabis, which are not uh, not currently allowed in the state, and the other one could allow for home cultivation of cannabis. So uh, two really, really important lawsuits. Yeah, that would completely light a fire under the medical market in Florida in spite of the fact that it's already the fastest growing one because I believe about 60% of the market and all the other legal states is for flower products. So a lot of patients aren't even going to get their card just because of that, I would assume. Well, it's it's really kind of interesting because, you know, the obvious is that 71% of Floridians um, voted for medical cannabis. I don't think 71% of Floridians know that there's any other type of cannabis other than flour or smoked cannabis. Maybe a fraction of them understand something about edibles and, and marijuana brownies that they've heard of, but I, I don't think that anybody knows of these other forms of cannabis. So it's definitely not what they voted for. And then you have, um, you know, these other forms of cannabis that you have to, that, that have to be processed. So if you want to have something that's as close to the, the actual plant 
as you can get, you know, that you're kind of limited when you have these products that we're allowed to have here in Florida. You know what, Pete, that's a, that's an excellent point you bring up. And it's something that I'm sure you deal with, with, uh, people that are new to using cannabis. They're actually shocked to find out that you don't have to smoke it. So definitely the people that voted, I mean, the vast majority, I mean, I never thought of it like that. Probably they saw medical marijuana and they think of somebody rolling a joint, smoking a pipe, hitting a bong, but smoking Correct. it. Correct. And there's, there's no, you know, when, when people think of medical marijuana, they think of um, maybe smoking in a clinic, clinical type setting or something like that. Um, but it's not, you know, so, or, or they think of the, the dispensaries in California or in Colorado that they've seen before. Um, that's the, 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 what's in the public consciousness about medical marijuana. That's what was voted for. Not, it, w- it wasn't voted for, you know, just to have, um, you know, extracts in a pill form and, and, and things like that. I mean, these, these, honestly, these products, most people that I come across don't have any idea that these products exist, not even remotely. Um, a vaporizer pen, I mean, they, 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 that is the cl- closest thing that they've seen because it's, it's starting to come out in pop culture and television shows and things like that. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting that, that that's the case because the politicians would have you think otherwise. I, I, I don't know, maybe they didn't get the memo, <laughs> but... Some conditions like uh, Kathy Jordan, one of the most uh, prominent patients in Florida, her life depends on being able to smoke it. Sure does. And just being able to have that, that kind of access to it. I mean, we don't, we don't know enough about this, this medicine to be saying it needs to be processed in a, in, a, in a certain way and you can't have access to the actual you know, raw plant to be able to, to, to use it as you want. You know, we don't know enough about all the different processing and how the different cannabinoids interact with our um, endocannabinoid system within our bodies to, to know enough to limit that stuff on a legislative level. We need to be able to have access to the entire plant you know, until we're able to know better how this how this works. We need to be able to have access to all of the cannabinoids and all the different forms and be able to use them in all the different ways that we, we possibly can, whether it be smoking it or uh, or ingesting it, whether that be through through juicing or an or an edible um, or a topical. Um, the, the these types of things are are holistic in remedies and it, it shouldn't be, you know, limited to, um, you know, s- types of extraction that, that limit the amount of cannabinoids and, and delivery methods that can be used for a patient. Yeah, I believe there should be completely no restrictions. Cannabis should be descheduled. Uh, it's a fairly benign plant compared to many of the plants that you can go into Home Depot and purchase right now. Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, <laughs> compared to mistletoe and things that can kill you. Yeah, they're all over the place. I mean, you have elephant ears, they're poisonous. Um, the azalea bush, there, I mean, there, there, there's all kinds of them. Uh, the, um, the milkweed, which a lot of people collect because they have monarch butterfly eggs on them. I used to do that with my mom. I mean, a lot of fun. But those plants are poisonous. Yeah, and it's another good point that someone brought up in, in one of the meetings that we were at 
is, you know, about regulating, you know, different plants um, is that a lot of different plants are regulated because of where they can grow and what the types of species that they can invade and things like that. So um, we definitely have to have some sort of limits on how uh, plants can be grown and where they can be grown. But to not, it needs to be um, it, done in such a way where people have access to be able to cultivate them if they want to. Oh, yeah, 100%. We regulate everything. Uh, we live in a regulated society. Right now, we're loosening them up because of Trump, but it's still highly, highly regulated. The air, the water, the, I mean, everything we do, regulated, regulated, regulated. So that's why I support Regulate Florida, regulate, you know, marijuana, cannabis in a manner similar to alcohol because. The way that it's being regulated now is almost like it's, um, I mean, I don't even know. Opiates aren't regulated that way. I mean, I can't think of another drug. I mean, I don't know of a drug you have to have a card for. So it gets a little absurd. That's why it's good that there's groups like you continuing to have these conversations with uh, entrepreneurs, advocates, activists, industry leaders. And... <clears throat> And we have to just carry the message forward because a lot of people, I think that 71.3%, when they voted and it passed, they assumed that we were going to have everything, everything that we needed. And that's not the case. Legislatively, I'm not sure what's going to really happen this session. We may get the contractor exclusion removed, which would be big for small businesses. We may see that franchise bill, which is not even really a franchise because traditionally when you have a franchise, you develop a territory, but with this one, you can't. Right, right. Yeah. What's your opinion on that? I've heard nothing but mixed reviews. Well, when it comes to the, you know, the franchise, it can, it can kind of go one or two ways. Um, you're either going to allow more people into the, into the industry, um, uh, I mean, I, either way, you're going to allow more people more people into the industry as far as um, being able to work in the industry. But you're still limiting ownership and you're limiting um, uh, competitiveness when you're li when you're limiting the number of uh, of people that can produce products. So the number of actual dispensary locations is not um, as important as the number of product producers. So that to me is a lot more important than being able to have a, uh, a franchise location. And now I think that it could accelerate the growth of the existing MMTCs for sure, uh, because they wouldn't have to lay out a lot, you know, a lot of a lot of money to open up the different dispensaries around the state. But they would have to keep up with the supply somehow. Um, and we can already see that they're having some trouble doing that. So, you know, I'm not really sure how how I necessarily feel about it. I'm not real confident that that one necessarily has the best shot. Um, so um, uh, I will say that I don't think it's what's in the best interest. It reminds me of um, kind of like how SB 1030 got passed. Something like this would uh, try and quell um, the the movement towards opening the market further and say here you can have these franchises instead of um, you know allowing you to open your own businesses. So in in that regard, I would I would hope that it wouldn't it, it wouldn't do that and that we can still move towards an open market. 
Yeah, we definitely need to move towards an open market. And this would definitely lighten the burden on an MMTC for developing the retail distribution side of it, but they still have to do all the delivery. Right. They still ha- and they still have to come up with the supply. I mean, they can open a lot of locations, but they still have to supply the locations. Yeah, I think we're going to see supply issues in Florida for some time. What do you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, well, we have... I've only seen a couple of the the different cultivation centers, and we know that there have been some growing pains um, with with several of them. So, I you know, the, the, the that being said, technology moves pretty fast, and I think that we can catch up pretty fast. You know, you know, catch up to the to the learning curve there. Um, but still, I think the man, demand is going to grow so quickly. Um, I think it was only five days ago that the new um, uh, card application uh, card application company went into into effect that they're processing cards now. so the 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 ability to get a mar- medical marijuana card is going to get a lot uh, simpler and easier. So I think we're going to see the patient count increase a lot more drastically, especially as we see a lot more of the um, more of the more of the license holders coming online and starting to produce and therefore starting to advertise in the capacities that they can. So I think you'll see it more again raised in the in the in the public consciousness just through that, and that alone is going to drive people to you know get their cards. Um, in 2018, I've spoken to so many different organizations that are going to be holding events. Events are going to be the biggest thing of, of 2018 for Florida and the cannabis community. Every single organization, from an, from the MMTCs themselves to doctors' offices, um, to local you know charities, to just individuals that are you know trying to host you know different events, um, and they're all about educating people about cannabis, in one way or another. And that type of thing is going to really lead to um, a mass kind of, of, of quick education. And I think you're going to see a real, real sharp uptick in the number of patients. So that's going to be difficult, I think, for um, everyone to keep up with. But then again, you know, there's a lot of, you know, cultivation centers that I haven't seen. There's a lot of claims being made about abilities to produce. So, um, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the card times, according to Director Bax, uh, from what I heard at a the policy conference, the Kenny East Compliance Summit, uh-huh. he said they're down to about two days now on new ones. That's fantastic. <clears throat> right. I'm waiting to hear somebody say they got theirs in two days. We'll see. But yeah. to, to go over some numbers, right now we're at, we'll call it 70,000 patients. It was 69 five seven nine at the last update we have 989 physicians there's 26 retail locations and 13 approved mmtcs of that 70,000 46,000 of the applications have been approved cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads make genuine business connections and get premier brand exposure this is your opportunity ncia's new industry socials are coming soon to portland maine new jersey pittsburgh baltimore and miami 
Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crap channel. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth sheepskin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. So we're going to hit 100,000 patients probably by, by April for sure. That's going to kick in five new licenses, <clears throat> supposed to, plus the other ones that were supposed to be awarded. Right. Uh, so this time next year, we could be at 200,000 patients, specifically because the curve is continuing to go up because of exactly what you said. More organizations are coming online. There's more advocacy groups, individuals wanting to get into this, nonprofits, and they're all going to be educating. And the primary directive is educate patients and physicians and get both of those numbers up. We need more doctors because they're the gatekeepers. And we need more patients in the system because a lot of people don't even know that they can get access to this. And they would if they knew about it. Um, yeah, so speaking yeah. of events, that, that y'all's bread and butter. Could, could you explain to our listeners, kind of did it backwards this time, what exactly the Florida Cannabis Coalition does and how it helps the industry oh sure so we got started back right around the time that amendment two got on the ballot the first time in 2014 and our mission then and it is today was to help people get into the cannabis business here in in florida so um how do you how do you do that you the first thing you have to do is you have to educate people um, as to you know what the cannabis business is and how you go about it legally here in Florida, what the laws are, all of that kind of stuff. And then you have to teach them a little bit about cannabis and, and, and how that works, how to grow it, how it works in the body, all that kind of stuff. Um, but the more important thing that, that we do is connect people. So in, in any industry, in, in any kind of business, the connections that you make are probably the most important thing to your success. So if you're in sales, your your what they used to call a Rolodex or your address book is is the key to your success, the people that you know. So in in this industry, it's very difficult for people to find other people that um, can help them with their business. So somebody might 
um, know a hell of a lot about cultivating, but know nothing about extraction or know nothing about business or law. And they need to meet those people that can help them with that. Um, it's, it's a little bit of a, a tougher thing in the cannabis industry, especially in Florida or on the East Coast, because it's still a little bit of a taboo subject that people don't necessarily talk about, at, you know, general business networking type of functions. So uh, what we do is we, we get people together and what we have uh, called green carpet events, right, as opposed to red carpet events. We have green carpet events on uh, Sundays throughout throughout the year, every other week. And then we have them all over the state and people come out to them and basically it's a networker and, and people meet each other who can help each other's, each other's business and help the movement move forward. And we'll usually have about an hour and a half of people speaking. It's a four-hour total event and we have an hour and a half of people speaking about everything from the latest and from the lawsuits uh, to, you know, uh, how the latest CBD business that has been started or, uh, um, new nutrient business, I think was at the last one. We usually have some of the, um, the business owners and the businesses that have started through Florida Cannabis Coalition present at some of these events. So those are, those are, our, our um, kind of our, our networker events. And then we have our, our big stuff, like our big events, and the next one is the Super Canada Day event. And we call it that because it's on Super Bowl weekend. Um, and that's down in Miami. And it's going to be, without a doubt, it already is, the biggest event we've ever done. Fantastic. Uh, absolutely, without a doubt. We've already sold well over 300 tickets. And there's you know room for um, a good number more. But I didn't think we were getting close to selling out. But we may. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of interest all of a sudden there's, you know, everybody's coming out and looking for, you know, some cannabis education and we're really happy to be able to offer it. It's the, the lowest ticket price we've ever had at under 50 bucks. Um, usually these tickets are like, uh, anywhere from, uh, we've, we've had them anywhere from $149 to $299 and we were able through, you know, negotiating with the venues and, and several, um, organizations, you know, student organizations at FIU, um, you know, that, 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 you know, we'd be able to put this, this on in conjunction with SSDP and SSDP is students for sensible drug policy. So the fact that student sensible drug policy was able to, um, put on this event, um, is really done a great service to everybody of being able to bring that cost of the that ticket down to be able to open this up to so many people. And it also enabled us to open it up to uh, veterans as well. Um, so we have uh, all the veterans that uh, want to come to this event can come for free. And that's really uh, you know important to us that you, we reach out to the veteran community because we know that they are going to take that message back into their communities and um, we can really you know help help educate some people on alternatives out there for you know PTSD and and and, and other uh, uh, types of injuries that they may have sustained uh, in combat yeah, one hundred percent. That that's a phenomenal value for the content that's going to be provided. I've been to a, a handful of candidates. Green carpets oh, well, too. <clears throat> it's more than, and it's going to be bigger, not just in the number of people, but the number of speakers as well. 
I think we already have over 30 speakers and we already have over 45 vendors, I believe, the last time we we checked. And we're going to have three concurrent sessions going on the whole day. So we'll have two large uh, classrooms that we're going to be holding sessions in. And then we also have, which is really cool, we got the the students um uh this like the student legislative legislative room so basically like where they hold the uh uh, like the student judiciary committees and things like that so it's a very cool room to to have uh legal discussions and things of that nature and 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 different types of panels um so that's going to be really uh one of the coolest events that we've we've put on to have the different sessions going on at the same time, the same time the expo hall is going to be going on all day. Um, like I said, with over forty five vendors, we'll probably get over sixty by the time we're done with it. And uh, lastly, I think we're doing the veterans rally in the morning, and that's with um, uh, Jose Belen from Mission Zero. And we're going to be, um, you know, have, having that the first thing in the morning to kick off the event outside in front of the Graham Center at FIU. So we're real excited about it. And that's that's just that's not even talking about the, the uh, after party and Super Bowl party the next day. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a blast down there. Um, you talk about your network and I've seen more than a handful of businesses get formed within the coalition in my time just networking in there. And a vast majority of my network that I'm really close and tight with are all part of the coalition. So it works. If you have, how much was the ticket you said? For the Super Canada? Yeah. I think it's like 47 or $49 man that's a that's a hell of a deal so who all is going to be i'm kind of shocked to be honest uh because that compliance summit i just told you about that was in a room with like 10 tables they were charging 1200 dollars, and it was a phenomenal value for that and then what you have i mean this is a great deal all around yeah i i i'm really excited about you know the access i mean people being able to have the access and we do have we do have a great lineup, you know. We have uh, Dr. Michelle Weiner is going to be there. Dr. Barry Gordon's going to be there. Um, Tom Ash, Dr. Tom Ashton, uh, um, uh, Dr. John Murphy is going to be there. Boo Williams, a former NFL player, Boo Williams. Nate Ekus is going to be there. Um, uh, I can't pronounce Traverius's name. His last Trace name is Gerald's. Treyas, Yeros, yeah, you got it, man. I can't pronounce his name, <laughs> but um, yeah, we got a, a a great lineup of athletes, of, of scientists, of um, people from the from from the in from the legal side of the industry, people that can help you get into the industry as far as you know, finding the right career advice or pointing you in the right direction as far as you know what to do with your resume, where to get training, things of that nature. Um, and we have uh, Bobby Tuna is going to be there, Robert uh, Platzhorn, uh, talking about why grandma should smoke pot. Uh, who else? Irv Rosenfeld, one of the uh, remaining two federal marijuana patients, one of the guys that 
and federal government actually grows and and uh, distributes joints to on a monthly basis is going to be there. He, he actually also happens to be a stockbroker. So he's going to be there talking about different marijuana stocks and what's going on with that. And actually, our co-founder, Tom Quigley, is going to be there as well talking about cannabis and blockchain and crypto cannabis. So that's a pretty hot topic. That is a hot topic. Mass Roots just formed a subsidiary or something to do something with the blockchain. I've seen a bunch of companies starting to go that way. Yeah, it's definitely hot and it's definitely uh, tied to that, you know, stock marketplace. And now they have the, the, uh, the, the marijuana stocks. And now they're, you know, you're going to see some ICOs, initial coin offerings around that. So it's interesting. And um, what, you know, the blockchain actual technology is also very interesting as it pertains to cannabis and, and uh, being able to track cannabis and, and know exactly what's in it, where it came from and all that kind of great stuff. So that's, that's really, you know, some of the more exciting things that we're going to be talking about um, cannabis and athletics and how not only is it used to, to prevent uh, injury, but can actually be used to, you know, help uh, recovery um, from, you know, physical exertion. You know, there's been a lot of evidence that um, CBD helps with reduction of delayed onset muscle soreness, um, which is basically the soreness you get after you work out. Um, they can cut that time in half. So there's some things we're going to be talk, talking about there. Um, Judge Doug Bench is also going to be there. And he's a, a former um, state judge who has put, um, he was put, putting people away for cannabis. Until, hundreds of them. Until he realized, yeah, hundreds of them. And he realized that, you know, what, what was, that cannabis was a real medicine. Unfortunately, he had to, you know, come into contact with, you know, a, a severe debilitating uh, illness in his CPOD. But to realize that, but, you know, once he did, he became a champion for this plant. Uh, and he's going to be there telling his story as well. Um, there's several different uh, physician groups are going to be there as well. Um, some of the MMTCs will be there, um, if not all of them. And it's really going to be, you know, the, the place to be if you're in the cannabis space at the... Uh, you know, in in South Florida, you know, during the Super Bowl, and really, you know, Super Bowls in Minnesota. Who wants to be up there? Who want to be in in Miami? Only the teams and fans in that game. That's it. <laughs> so you pretty much, and I'm sure there's more things. You pretty much just gave like the an all star cast of the Florida cannabis industry. All of those physicians you mentioned are top of their class. Um, I know all of them. The the two football players that you mentioned, the NFL players, what's all three of them actually? Um, even Trey Gerald's, they're all in the uh, CBD game, aren't they? Uh, yes, I believe so. They actually all are. That's correct. Yeah. 
Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Expo.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. So no shit it helps with pain and soreness. Those guys, I can't imagine what those guys must feel like. Because, I mean, they're getting hit by dudes bigger and faster than them. Um... Oh yeah, I can't even imagine. But, and, and all three of them, they're they're very very positive, um, and they're driven, and they all have interesting stories. But it all comes back to the plant, right? And the CBD has been getting a lot of attention lately. What I hope to hear from some of those physicians, or maybe some of the other cannabinoids, uh, CBG. That one's really good for sleep. <clears throat> CBN. Excuse me. Oh, yeah. I just, for some reason, I have to cough. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, those the, but, those the uh, the lesser known cannabinoids are definitely going to be you know the hottest uh, topic of the next couple of years. Um, that and the the terpenes, the terpenoids, where they're coming from, all that kind of good stuff. Those are going to be uh, really super important. We're already seeing. Um, oh, I, I feel I neglected to mention that Evo Labs is going to be there as well. And wow. the reason have I you bring been that, to their lab? Not, not I have been. I have been to their lab. It's, it's phenomenal. pretty impressive. Yeah, very impressive. And what's the reason I bring that up is because we're starting to see a lot more of the the lesser known cannabinoids listed in the testing. Uh, so. Now that you can see how much of those different cannabinoids you're getting, you can, you know, measure how that's affecting you. So that I think that should lead to, you know, more, more, at least more interest in those. Yeah, a hundred percent. And we're still discovering more. Like it, 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 we're so at the tip of this iceberg, Uh, but to get back to the event, uh, some of the other people you have, 
Tom Quigley, co-founder, I've heard his story. I'm I'm sure he might get into it a little bit. I'm not going to tell it to everyone because you need to go go down to Super Canada (laughs) Day, Super Bowl weekend. But it's an amazing story, um, how he got involved in his, uh, you know, his triumph, really. Oh, yeah, totally. It's it's definitely... Um, you know, one of the more in, inspiring stories, and he's definitely has a lot of um, insight into getting, you know, making the jump from being doing whatever you're doing into making your career in, you know, the cannabis industry. And that's not something that's very easy for people to do. Um, granted, it's a little bit easier now than it was a few years ago when when we did it um and you know coming out green so to speak was very you know it, it wasn't the uh, the norm so you always have that moment where you decide you're going to come out and tell everybody that you are now in the marijuana industry and you get a uh, reaction, regardless of who you tell you, you get some kind of reaction and you always, um, you know, expect a certain reaction. And, and what I found was when I told people, I got very surprised. I was very surprised by the reaction of some people and, um, not surprised by the reaction of others, but you know, the people that I thought would really, would, would, would really kind of be negative about it. Um, were asking me how they could possibly get into the marijuana industry. And then people that I thought would be, you know, pretty much okay with it, stopped talking to me, you know, uh, just pretty much stopped talking to me. And that was a, you know, one of those realities that, that you have to face when you come out into the, and, and, and say that you're, you know, you're working in this space. And when you're working in in the cannabis industry, it can get very easy to to look around you and think that everyone knows everything that you do about cannabis, and everybody is part of this this cannabis world where everybody knows the good it does, and everybody knows that you know what CBD is, even you know. <laughs> but but there that that's not you know the world at large. You know, and people don't don't know. Um, don't know, uh, you know, as much as we do, um, about cannabis working in the industry. So, you know, it, it, it's important that, that we, we, um, we, we make it in, it, it's important that we make things accessible to as many people as possible. So as, 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 me, as much people can learn, um, what we know <clears throat> so that we can kind of level the playing field, you know? So, we need to keep cognizant of all the time that we need to, you know, make sure that we're playing to the larger audience and not just preaching to the choir. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's really easy to get kind of narrow focused inside of the canna bubble. Right. Especially since it's a startup industry. So, you know, we're working most hours of the day, always talking to people in the cannabis industry. But the vast majority don't know you're right. And we do need to continually expand who we're engaging in the conversations we're having 
and the types of people and places that were having those conversations. That's why I like what you guys do at the green carpet events. Because you have them in places in the towns that are um, kind of like a local, um, <clears throat> like a staple, a as you will. Yeah. I usually see a, a quite diverse crowd. You know, we, we did the green carpet in Gainesville. That was really fun. And, and you learn a lot of those. You meet a lot of people. But you're right. At those, it's still mostly people that are already kind of on the... Um, on the can of bubble, I guess you could say. Right, I think right. what you guys are doing, partnering with these students for sensible drug policy on, on the campus, that's big because, you know, that's going to just hopefully reach a much larger crowd and maybe even a younger crowd that doesn't know that much about this. And hopefully a lot of those physicians and uh, scholarly types over there will come on down Get the best ticket in town for Super Bowl weekend. That's a guarantee. <laughs> well, I think I, I agree with you that reaching these students now is super critical. No pun intended, because <laughs> it's re it's it's going to be an election year in 2020 that I think we're going to see a huge youth turnout. And this could be one of the things that that could really um, that they can move the needle on. So I, I both on the state level and on the federal levels, you know. So I think that you know reaching students is is probably one of the best things that we can that we can do as an organization right now, and go the other direction and reach um, the you know, baby boomers and retirees. That was a, that was a lot of of our original intent with Florida Cannabis Coalition was we felt that the existing uh, movement for Amendment 2 was only targeting um, liberal Democrats. And we felt that a lot of business owners and business business in general is one of the greatest forces for social change, right? So when, when business gets behind something, gets behind the movement, you start actually seeing movement, right? So you're you're preaching, you know that we felt that they were going after and not just an, an, uh, a voting base, but a whole a, a whole section of of the population that wasn't necessarily those those business owners and then we saw a lot of business owners that were you know conservatives because Florida is a very you know purple state you know that that were not going to vote for it because it was so tied to um, you know the the Democrats so we really went out there with an argument for states rights and individual liberties. And, the, and as we saw um, in, in 2016, you know, Donald Trump won this state and so did medical cannabis. So a good number of conservatives came out and voted for medical cannabis. And, and I don't believe that number came out in 2014. Um, I'd like to think we had some little tiny minuscule insignificant thing to do with that because it was one of our main focuses. Um, so, the, you know, this, this plant doesn't discriminate, you know, um, uh, amongst anyone. And, nope. you know, no political ideology or, 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 or religious belief or anything like that. And everybody should have, you know, a right to it uh, regardless. Absolutely. You bring up a really good point. We live in Florida. This state is very red. 
lots of conservatives here, despite huge pockets of liberal Democrats. You have to engage those people and you have to speak to them on their terms. That's why what Robert Platzhorn does uh, with the seniors and the Silver Tour is brilliant because a lot of, I mean, they vote, right? They're, they're going to go vote every time. And a lot of them are conservative and he can speak to them at a level they understand because he's a senior too. He, you know, he, he has similar life experiences at this point. They don't want to hear from me. Trust me. <laughs> yes, they do. Everyone wants to hear from you. That's why you're on the podcast. No, you know what I mean though. But like to really connect with somebody that's you're trying right. to, to, change your opinion but yeah of course everyone wants to hear from me come on <laughs> no that's you're, you're absolutely right you have to people identify with uh people that are like themselves and absolutely they, and that's and, just natural yeah. as much as some people want to hate it it's just the way it is no it's it's very yes it's it's very instinctual we're we're tribal as people you identify with people that are that that you identify with that look like you and that's just an, a normal way that people are. So when you, you know, whether it be, you know, age or class or whatever it is, you know, when you're dressing a room full of people that are, um, you know, dressed a certain way, you want to dress that way as well um, because they will be more receptive to your message. Whether that's right, wrong or indifferent doesn't matter. And that's a big argument that people have. Should I have to dress this way? And should doesn't matter. It just matters what is, right? And that's how people think. If you go up in front of people wearing a white lab coat and you go up in front of people not wearing a white lab coat, you will get more respect talking about science wearing a white lab coat. That's just how it is. Just how people are. And there's plenty of studies that have been done about oh, yeah. that for whether you put the doctor in the lab coat or not on the commercial. Oh, yeah. Tons of studies. As a matter of fact, I was very, very, very upset when I saw uh, Grady Judd, uh, you know, participating in, in debates wearing his uniform because that was an absolute you know, abuse of the, of the use of that uniform because it elicits such a, um, um, a sense of respect and authority that it immediately gives him an advantage over whoever he's debating, you know, whether it be John Morgan in a suit or, or, or whatever. He's immediately going to be going to be given more authority and more credibility because of the uniform that he's wearing, and that was a complete bias um, that I felt was completely overlooked because not a lot of people look at those types of things, you know. Oh, absolutely! Especially a, the chief. He's going to have stars and bars and yeah, medals and ribbons. It's it's the point of those uniforms. <laughs> Absolutely. It's to let you know who's at the top of the food chain. That's right. But it, it, it's very important. You know, I mean, I even have some suits. I suit up from time to time. You've got to do it. <laughs> Especially if you're going up walking the halls of Tallahassee. Oh, for sure. If you want to for be sure. taken seriously. Because as much as we don't want to judge a book by a cover, let's face it, if you put a book that looks a lot different up on a shelf with a bunch of others, it's going to stand out and that it's just, people are going to perceive you differently and receive your message differently. If they're wondering why you look so much different. This is true. And the other thing people need to be aware of, not so much 
right now, maybe towards when we have something on the ballot. But I remember this from when when Amendment 2 was on the ballot. Um, The media looks for the craziest-looking stoner person they can to put on camera when you're at some kind of event. Uh, when the media is covering, so when the media is interviewing interviewing uh, people, you want to make sure that they're interviewing um, the right people, the people that accurately represent the movement, and not you know the fringes. Because I saw a lot of that, and that's just natural for the media to do that to find something that's more you know camera friendly. Um, so it's it's really important to to make sure that you know you're always. Um, representing, you know, the movement as as best you can. Yeah, absolutely. Don't don't end up on eleven o'clock news because you showed your ass. <laughs> don't do it. But you're right. The media is going to look for whatever the best story is, right? Because the best story is going to get the best viewing, the best rating. In turn, you can sell for the most money advertising. That's just the way it is. Right. So don't make an ass of yourself, people. Um, <laughs> Pete, I I really appreciate your time. I don't know that I have much more for you. It's now tomorrow. <laughs> it sure is. Yeah, but it's been, a, it's been a blast. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Of course, let everyone know how to get in touch with the Cannabis Coalition, how to get tickets for Canada Day, Super Canada Day. Yeah, yeah, sure. If you want to get tickets for Super Canada Day, you can go to canadaday420.com, right? C-A-N-N-A-D-A-Y-420.com. And if you want to check out Florida Cannabis Coalition, uh, you can check us out at floridacannabiscoalition.com. Or uh, if you're looking for um, some... uh, Information on doctors and things like that, you can check out myflorida420.com. That's got more of our updated member info as well. So that's how you can reach out to us if you are interested at all. And please come down to Super Canada Day. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's also going to be really, really informative. Um, I'm, I'm excited that this thing is happening on, on FIU campus. Um, it's really going to make a big impact um, in in the community to have an event this size on on a college campus for um, legal cannabis. It's really kind of, it's really exciting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. I'm looking forward to it. Everyone definitely go check out all those websites that he told you about. Make sure you come down to Super Canada and come see all of us. That's going to be the biggest and best event that I've been to of you guys by far. I mean, the amount of education and vendors that you're going to be able to see here in one place. Like if you want to get in the cannabis industry, the time is now come to super Canada. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Pete, you have a good one. All right, man. You have a great night. A well, a well off the star one solution. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.